Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you to part 17 of my Purpose of Singleness course, where it's my goal to help you understand the purpose of your singleness. Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. If you could do me a big favor and share this broadcast, come in as you come in, like the video. And uh, for those who are brand new, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is here to make you um, make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, which is how to stop worrying. So come on into the broadcast. I'm going to get my chat screen up so I can greet everybody as they come in. We got a lot of notes. So make sure you go to my website. I am unplugged. No, wrong website. Um, go to lifework.teachable.com. And there you will be able to download today's worksheet. And we'll be able to I have a great activity for you all, uh, for you all to really process the root reasons why you worry and how you can um, stop worrying and continue to trust in God. But uh, let me know where you guys are watching from, what city, what state, what country, etc. And uh, since I got a lot of notes today, I'm going to get right into it. So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to come on in. Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. The battle within says, I ain't got no worries. I know and there's nothing to worry about for those who is in Christ Jesus. Coach, what's going on? I know this topic is very needed, so I'm excited about it. But as you guys are coming in, I'm going to go ahead and get my screen ready so we can go ahead and get right into today's lesson. Today, we're going to be talking about how to stop worrying or why we worry and how to stop worrying. The main thought for tonight's session is worrying is offensive to a God who can do anything. Worrying is offensive to a God who can do anything. And the question that I really want you guys to ponder on is what are you so worried about and why? I really want you to think about this as we navigate <clears throat> tonight's discussion, because it's very important to find the root reason of why we worry. But we have four talking points today. Today, we're going to be talking about what is worry, what causes worry, and what do we worry about the most? why singles shouldn't worry, and what to do when tempted to worry or in a season of worry. So four things we're going to talk about today is what is worry, what causes us to worry, and what do we worry about, why singles shouldn't worry, and what to do when tempted to worry. But let's get right into what is worrying, and because um, I got a lot of points I want to share today. Uh, but let's get right into it. You can see it on the screen there. The problem. Many singles are more worried about the things they can't control than working out the things they can control. Many singles or individuals are more worried about the things they cannot control or they can't control than working out the things they can't control. Their worrying is wearing them out. Many singles and individuals are worried about things they cannot control. It's pointless for us as individuals to worry about things we cannot control. It is impossible to control the things that our God exclusively was designed to control. Not design control because God doesn't have a designer, but was in his own nature the only one able to control. Tomorrow, you can't even control tomorrow. The Bible says, why worry about tomorrow? You just, that, that, don't, don't even get even consumed about what you can't control. But there are a lot of individuals who's main objective is to <clears throat> eagerly get to this place of control. Listen, you are ill-equipped to control your life. You see what I'm saying? Ill-equipped. And the goal or the mission of our lives should be, God, I'm going to control what I can't control, and I'm going to let you control what you can control. We are in a partnership with the Father. Therefore, we have to always enable ourselves with the right mindset that says, hey, I'm not going to worry about who the one is. I'm not going to worry about what city I'm going to live in. I'm not going to worry about any or everything that may pertain to my life that I cannot control. But what you can control, you should control. 
It says many singles are more worried about the things they can't control than working out the things they can control. Some, so many individuals are so distracted trying to do God's job, but they're not even making time for them to do their own job. There's a certain responsibility that God has graced us as humans to, to operate in dominion. The first thing he told us was have dominion or be fruitful and multiply and to dominate. He gave us power in this realm. And it's so unfortunate that we want all power versus stewarding the power that he has entrusted us. Why am I going to sit there and try to do God's job when I have my own power, the ability that's given to me through the force of the Holy Spirit for me to fulfill my purpose, which is my ultimate <clears throat> excuse me, objective in life. Many singles or individuals are more worried about the things they can't control than working on the things they can control. Let's get back to that. Their worrying is wearing them out. It's crazy how many people's worry and anxiety will have them not able to enjoy their life. If they if if they even get what they are asking God for, worrying wears you out. It's very important that you understand that that you can't control what God can control. And if you keep worrying about it, you'll begin to wear your body out. You'll begin to wear yourself out. And then next thing you know, you won't even be able to even get the opportunity to enjoy what you are endeavoring to enjoy in this life. Now, we'll break down some of those points a little bit later, but let's get to some definitions. The definition of worry is twofold. One definition says to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts to fret. The definition of worry is to torment oneself with or suffering or suffer from disturbing thoughts. Worry is when I myself torment myself with with or suffering from disturbing thoughts. God gave you a mind for you to control, not for your mind to control you. It's unfortunate how many individuals are not allowing the Christ mind to take his dominance, not allowing the Holy Spirit occupying or access to every corridor of our mind, allowing us to think as if Christ was in our situation. For he is, through his spirit, he is. But when we get so consumed with, um, oh man, what if, or what if this happened, or what if this doesn't happen, let's worry about what happened. What happened for our favor? What happened for us on the cross of Calvary? What happened for us to have life? When you worry so much about what may happen versus the day where God did the most happening, which was on the cross for us, then you're going to find yourself caught in your own effort. We are in a partnership with the Father. There's a flow that we're supposed to have with the Holy Ghost where we're able to go in his flow and not worrying about any and everything that we cannot control. But so many of us, we're tormenting ourselves. There are a lot of single individuals who's tormented themselves day in, day out, worrying about, is this person the one? Is this person the one? Is this person this? And everybody think God is Oprah talking about you get a marriage, you get a marriage, you get a marriage. When God is not out there just giving things away because God doesn't give valuable things to people who are unaware of their own value. You got to know your own value in order to manage value. So why would God give you something when you're too, when you, uh, investing too much of your time worrying about things you cannot control because when you try to control things you cannot control thank you for the donation i appreciate that but when you can't when you try to control what you can't control you burn out and then what you left with in the process is disturbing tormenting thoughts and at the root of it is fear i'm i'm more afraid of what god uh can't do or I'm more nervous about what God can't do. And it's crazy that we're nervous. Our nervousness in our minds limits God's ability. 
I don't care what you're nervous about. God ain't got no nerves. He's not moved by nothing. Therefore, if he's not moved, why should we be moved? Definition of worry is to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. There are other people who are just being demonically oppressed. Thoughts are sent in versus thoughts being built up within. And what I mean by that, there are people who are choosing to be tormented by their thoughts versus people who are just uh, um, uh, being tormented demonically by these thoughts. Another definition of worrying is this, to torment oneself with cares, anxieties, and troubles. To torment oneself with cares, anxieties, and troubles. Anytime you find yourself in a place where you don't trust that God is able, you're going to try to do his job. And when you try to do his job, then you'll find yourself robbed of 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 access robbed of opportunities robbed of 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 the flow because it, because your actions are grieving the leadership of the holy spirit and we got to understand that there are exclusive things that only god can control right now if you had the power to find your wife to find your husband you'll still mess it up that's why god don't tell you their address god don't tell you what city they're in god don't let you know all the details because if so you will get there too early or get there too late or even if you get there on time your your flawedness will mess up the flow that's why you can't worry about what god is doing because god is never not going to always show you what he's doing because if he did, you would try to beat him there uh, or you'd be late getting there and you would mess up at the moment of being there. But let's keep going. I have a point here. Simply in bold and quotations, it says, what if? The biggest thing that torments individuals when it comes to worry is the phrase, what if? The phrase, what if? What if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? We get so caught up on on two different places. Uh, uh, sometimes we get caught up in the past, but we're going to be talking about future more more so today. But 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 why do we consume ourselves of what ifs? It's, it's what's now. That's where our focus should be. What's now? God in of himself is all encompassing of your past, present and possibility. So what I mean is him all encompassing is covering um, um, your past with the blood. It's covering you with guidance through his spirit today. And it's already since he's been seated on his right hand of the father, your future has already been predestined. All you have to do is obey and follow him along the way. And then you will begin to see what he has already spoken into your life. Don't worry about what if, worry about what's now. Not only worry about what's now, but focus on what's now. Let's keep going. Number three, in that point there, and put it up there for you. Worrying is a waste of time. Worrying is a waste of time. It is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Hear me closely. Worrying is a waste of time. It is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Before the mind is worn out, the mind, before the uh, body is worn out, the mind is. <clears throat> That's very important to understand. Worry is an unnecessary weight. It's an unnecessary weight. And what I mean by that is, is that is that we put on our own selves more than we should. 
See, when you worry about things you can't control, that thought process, that thinking patterns, that uh, mental energy is overworking the body. See, when the body is stressed, the body is worn. When the body is at rest, the body wins. Everything about you wins when you are at rest. Rest is the fruit of joy. The fruit of joy is God is from God's presence. God's presence is the field. The joy is by which everything grows from. And the fruit of it is rest. That when you are at a place of rest, you actually are able to become your best. But when you uh, uh, um, become stressed, then you find yourself worn out. And so many people are overly stressing themselves because number one, they don't trust God. If you don't trust God, you're not in the presence of God. If you're not in the presence of God, you're not uh, receiving the fullness of joy. If you're not in or receiving the fullness of joy that's in God's presence, you will not be strengthened. For the Bible says the joy, of the, uh, uh, the Bible talks about how the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Bible also says that the joy uh, uh, in the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy. So when you distrust God, you distance yourself from God. Now, don't get me wrong. Theologically, we, it's in him that we live, move and have our being. I understand that. But we're not disconnected in, in person as far as in body, but we disconnect in mind. The moment your mind disconnects and tries to pay the bill on your own, you try to pay the bill on your own, then you find yourself disconnected from the flow of God. See, like I've always gave you this analogy. God is like a Verizon network. Uh, we are like the phones. You see what I'm saying? Because Christ has paid our bill, we don't have to worry about being disconnected. But when we disconnect ourselves from God and his source and the payment that Christ has paid, and we try to pay in our own efforts, pay with our own money, pay with our own energy, pay with our own idleness or idolatry, and we try to pay in our own selves, then in doing so, we're now bearing the load of the network. Now you have the whole responsibility of your life on you because you're disconnected from the source that empowers you. That's why worrying is a waste of time. Why am I going to worry about something that ain't got nothing to do with today? If I want what I want tomorrow, let me work out it. Let me work it out in my today. When you work it out today, whatever you're quote unquote worrying about will work itself out. The work you do today will be the work used to, uh, to work the things out for tomorrow. Let's keep going. It is an un un worry is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Before the body is worn out, the mind is. That's why I talked about as my main thought that worrying is offensive to a God who could do anything. When we worry, we are in doubt. When we worry, we are saying that God is not able. Or when we worry, we worry because God is able, but we want to do stuff that's outside of his will for us. That's where a lot of us are. We want to say, you know what, God, you taking too long with my spouse. You taking too long with my house. You taking too long with all the things that I want to be worked out for me. You're taking too long. So so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do me, boo. I'm going to go do me, God. And I'm going to go out here and try to do what you do. But what oftentimes happens is you find yourself even far worse than you would if you would have just waited on God's timing. God's timing is perfect. Instead of waiting on the time to manifest, in the meantime, wait on God. Serve him. Because when you're active, time goes fast. When you're idle, time goes slow. Now, what causes worry? <clears throat> and what do we worry about? Before I get into that, let me make sure I get, um, before I get into that, let's go over some scriptures real quickly. Let's give some foundation to today's message so that we can better understand uh, what it is that God wants us to hear. But of course, all of us know the main text that when it comes to worry is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, which reads, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. I love that with. Don't just ask God. Don't just ask God for stuff, but couple that asking with thanksgiving. It says, do not be anxious about anything. If you look at that, that's a command. He says, look, I'm so all encompassing. I am I am God. I am <clears throat> king of kings, Lord of lords. And I've already finished stuff, everything on the on my day of rest. And so when you understand that, he's saying, because of my character, because of who I am, you shouldn't worry. But the reason why we're wor- why we worry is because we are unaware of God's character. When you're not in God's word to find out his attributes and to understand who he is, we get into what has been fed to us about God's nature. See, if all you get in regards to your spiritual nourishment from the mouth of another man or mouth of another woman, you're setting yourself up to be uh, 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 sick. But when you can go and cook for yourself, the word of God for yourself, no one can fool you. That's why the best meals are made at home. We can't trust everything that's cooked in these restaurants. Don't get me wrong. When you got a good, solid church, the the spirit will bear witness with the spirit. What I'm saying is most believers, uh, a spiritual uh, a nourishment, not nourishment, but spiritual food comes from other chefs. But God didn't want us to be set up in that kind of system. They are supposed to support. They are supporters, not source. They're not our source. The church is not our source. The pastor is not our source. They are resources. And when you understand that, you will say, you know what? Let me study to show myself approved. Let me get into my words so I can rightly divide it. So I won't get so caught up and worried about different things, especially with the coronavirus, especially with everything that's going on right now. So many people are worried now. It's because they haven't read their word about the last days. If you already been in your word, you wouldn't even be caught off guard about what's going on because you would have been already full of breast by, by the word of God and with this Holy Spirit leading you to be prepared for now. But when you go to these cotton candy uh, churches that only sell sweets, but don't sell no substance, then when you go there, you'll find yourself nothing but with holes in your tooth and diabetes. And you wonder why you get empties in your legs and arms because your nerves are bad. But when you go to a place and you can cook for yourself and you can go to a church that God has planted you and you getting fed a, 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 a full nourishment, food, food of substance, that when the times change, there won't be no need to worry about money because the Bible says he supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You don't have to worry about anything because he says, look at the lilies, look at the, the things that I've taken care of, the birds of the air. Why are you worried? I know for a fact, it don't matter what goes on. God can hire ravens for me. God can hire a, a legion of a, a legion of ravens for me to serve me. So why worry? But when you are caught up in this your best life and get so caught up in all these different uh, buzzwords and phrases in modern day Christianity, then when it comes down to the real, you won't be the real deal. That's why he says, do not be anxious about anything. And didn't say, don't be anxious about something. He says, anything. When you're anxious about something, you in sin. That's pretty much what it is. When you're anxious about something, you have been drifted. Something has happened. You drifted. You got disconnected. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a difference between being anxious. And what I mean by anxious or, or, uh, or the moment of anxiety versus uh, uh, um, worried. See, 
I'm anxious to uh, get to a, a, a level of life. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about having children. I'm anxious. Does it be anxious, but sin not. And what I mean by that is not being in anxiety. Like, like you're going to be anxious. You're going to be nervous at times. You're going to ask God questions, but when you're, but when your question supersedes uh, uh, who he is as an individual, that shows your heart's not connected. I don't mind asking God, yo, God, what's going on? I'm a little nervous right now. I'm a little anxious right now, but I know my God is bigger than my question. That's my heart's temperament. When your heart's temperament is that my God is bigger than my question, I'm just asking because he's there. I'm asking because I'm human. So I'm not sitting there saying that you'll never have a time where you're nervous or anxious or whatever, but you've got to make sure that your anxiety is never bigger than the answer, capital A, who was God. And so there's nothing wrong with asking because Mary asked. She was like, yo, how is this supposed to happen? You know what I'm saying? It's, it wasn't that she didn't trust God. She was just, she just asking how. So what I'm saying is I'm not sitting there saying uh, 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 you will never feel the feelings of anxious, but sin is not in the feeling. The sin is putting your actions with the feeling. So you're going to have crazy thoughts, but thinking is the sin. Thoughts may come unaware. That's why God said cast down vain imagination. So thoughts can come anywhere. It can come from you. It can come from the enemy. It can come from God. It can come from just observation. Thoughts can come from anywhere. But when you choose to dwell on it, with the evidence present, with the word of God on your counter, when you think on it and you think on it and to the point to where it's affecting your temperament and is affecting your, uh, your your time, then you're walking in sin. Then something, then, then, then the thing that you're thinking about is, is bigger than your God. And let me tell you something, there ain't nothing bigger than God. Now let's keep going. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. That's what I love about God. God said, man, you can talk to me about anything. You can talk to me about everything. I don't care what it is on your heart. I care for you. Talk to me about everything. He says, but in everything by prayer, prayer is dialogue. God, yo, this was on my heart, God. Like, like this is bothering me, God. Like, God, what do you think about this, God? God, see, the, the, the thing is when it comes to communication with God, we treat him like a machine. We treat him like Siri. You know what I'm saying? We just talk to him like he's a machine. Do this, do that, play this, play that. But when you talk to God as a person as an intelligent being, the, the ultimate intelligent being, then when you talk to him as he is, then you relationship builds. Now, but but when you engage with God as if he's a machine, then you then you will find yourself thinking like you're God, or when God is not operating according to your timetable or whatever, you not move. The Bible says it's very clear that uh, he will supply all of our needs according to See, many people say he'll supply all my needs, but you got to look at the rest according to his riches. Now, people stop at uh, um, he'll supply all my needs. They'll stop there. The second stop sign is that according to his riches, we stop there. But we forget about according to his glory. If God ain't going to get glory from it, don't expect it to be gifted to you. I'm telling you, God is not going to give you anything that your heart's not ready to give back to him. Not because he demands it back. It's because by default, he deserves it. By default, he deserves the glory. He's the reason why you're breathing. He's the reason why you're still kicking. He's the reason why you saved from hell. You're the reason why you have an opportunity to not go to hell. He's the reason. And if you know that he's the reason, then you will, you will embrace who he is in every season. 
And that's why it's important for you to understand that, 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 that I have to talk to him like he's a person. But you have to go through the pages of the word of God to find his personhood, to find his attributes, to find him in his purest state. He says he's looking for a people who will worship me in spirit and in truth. He's not looking for people that can just only time they worship is 11 o'clock on Sundays or when a song plays. He's talking about is your life a life of worship? That's why I'm telling you right now, we got to ask ourselves when God is around us, does he feel like he can inhabit? That's why he says he inhabits the praises of his people. He don't inhabits the complainings of his people. He inhabits the praises. <laughs> he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication or petitioning, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, we get upset because we're like, man, I made it known to God. You have to understand, God doesn't move based upon how much you petition. Um, God is not moved by your tears. He's not moved by none of those things. He's not going to move one step beyond his integrity and beyond his timing. Please understand that. God will not move one step beyond his integrity and his timing. That's why you just wash away your worry right there. Because when you understand that truth, you will say, is what I'm asking for in accordance to God's integrity? Is what I'm asking for in accordance to God's timing? And many of us, <coughs> we think we're ready, but God truly knows if you're really ready. So, so we can sit there and be like, well, Josh, coach, I've been ready for a mighty long time. But God's looking at you like, you still ain't ready. You see what I'm saying? And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is that we have to get to a place that we don't just get so caught up on. I've been done told God. Is. That's why one thing uh, my pastor told me, Pastor Gould, a long time ago, <clears throat> he said this. He says, when it comes to petitioning, don't beg God over and over and over again about the same thing because that proves a lack of trust. When you have a relationship with someone and you know they've heard, see, when a, when a niece or a nephew of mine or when, when I give my word to them, when I give my word to the kids in my school, they know for a fact that Mr. Ed is going to get it to me. They know if I heard. And what I tell them is, did I not tell you Thursday? But if they come to me Monday talking about you got it for me, did I not tell you I was going to give it Thursday? And here come Tuesday. Yo, did I not tell you that I was going to give it to you Thursday? And they keep begging me day in and day out. That kind of shows me they don't trust my word if my word has been proven to them. You see what I'm saying? But God has always proven himself to us, but we want it before. We want it uh, uh, when we want it versus, God, you know what? I trust you. That's why I tell people, what's the temper of your heart? I always ask people this. Thank you for watching from Nigeria. That's where my people's from. I always ask people, what's your temperament? When it comes to getting to your destination of de of dominance, of 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 of, of premium supreme dominance, um, either you are one of these two people, either you are a person that says how how much longer, or are you a person that says however long. That's a real question you gotta ask yourself. Are you a person that's always asking God how long? Or are you a person that's saying, telling God however long? God, because God, I trust you. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, how much longer, God? And God's like, man, I, I got this. God's God just says, Can you enjoy the journey with me? 
Can you enjoy the scenery with me? Can you enjoy the process with me? I want to always be a person that says, God, however long, God, take however you take however long you need because you know what's inside of me. God, you know if I'm ready or not. That's why I'm not asking God for a bigger ministry. I've already asked him that a long time ago. I don't got to ask God about, I don't even ask, I'm not even talking about a bigger ministry. I'm talking about bigger impacting in my ministry. I'm not asking about that. I'm not worried about when that grand day of promotion is going to be. I'm not worried about it because God knows what's in me. God knows what's in you. You may think if you look in the mirror that you're ready because now your rice finally tastes good. Now you all excited because now you got you a home, a house already. You're getting excited because you got certain things in place. But God knows the hidden stuff in the closets of your own heart. Good question. She says, I'm put it up here. A great question. So should you only pray for something once? No, thank you for putting it because I want to make sure I clarify that. Prayer is a conversation. It's nothing wrong with asking God. So there's different types of ask based upon your maturity. When you mature in God, you ask once and you praise, you petition once and you praise from that point on. It's nothing wrong with asking God stuff, but you have to ask yourself, why am I asking? So what I mean by petitioning once, I'm saying this, God, this is what's on my heart. This is what I need. This is what I'm concerned about, God. This is what's bothering me. But God, coupling with that, but God, I know, I know you got me. So God, from here on out, I'm going to trust you with it. The more you ask reveals the level of your understanding of God and trust in him. So what I'm saying is you only talk to God, you only petition or request it one time. That's the goal to get to that place. You're not going to be perfect because there's going to be certain seasons where you're going to be like, yo, God, this is really bothering me. We're not talking about venting about what you're asking God about. We're talking about begging and bugging God about it. So, God, when is this coming? When is this coming? God, you got me. You got me. God, you cool. That shows you don't trust him. But this is what I've learned to do in my life. I petition one time, God, this is my concern. This is our, This is what I would like to have. God, this is what's before us. This is what I, I need guidance on. I petition one time. After that, I say, God, I believe that I receive it. God, you are good. God, I know you're going to supply. Anytime you have doubt. So what I'm saying is so not doubt, but when anytime it pops up in your spirit and what I mean by that, when you navigate into your day and the enemy drops a thought in your mind, your natural humanness brings a thought up to your mind and you're kind of you getting you find yourself getting kind of concerned about what you petitioned to God about a week ago. That's when you say no. No, I believe I received from God. God is well able. God will do it. I trust that he knows what he has entrusted in me. I believe uh, that he uh, knows what's best for me. Therefore, I go about my day. You nip that concern in the bud immediately. If not, that thought is going to occupy your mind. And when it comes through your ear gate or through your eye gate or comes from the, the inner gates of your heart and starts occupying your mind, it starts soaking in your soul. And then the more you start thinking on it, Thinking is like rain to a thought. When you think on it, now you've given life to that thought. And now worry start rising like a flood. Then worry and start creeping up. And then you find yourself anxious about it versus uh, uh, aware that God is well able to perform it. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is you petition about that thing once. Ask for it once. And then put it into practice, believing that God will do it for you. And what that will do is that will suffocate the doubt. It will suffocate the worry. It will wash it out. And then you'll find yourself shouting in praise because you know that God is well able. Hope to help.
So for all the rest of the questions, if I see a question that goes what I'm talking about, I'm going to answer it. Um, make sure, Chelsea, you copy that question because I'm going to do a live Q&A shortly, okay? So copy that question. I'll get back to it. But any question I see that's pertaining to what I'm talking about as if like um, – uh, that you need clarification or please don't hesitate in asking for clarification. So just do at Joshua Ezzy at my name because I can see it as a different kind of uh, thing on the comment section here. Man, get through the text, man. I can go, I can be in this text for two hours, but I'm going to get through it so we can get to these points. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer supplication with, with praise, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God hear me, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in, in, in Christ Jesus. I love that. Let's break that down. God doesn't always promise immediately the product of your prayers, but what he does immediately guarantees you is to his peace. His peace is like a confirmation email in your email, in your inbox. He's saying, I heard, I got your message. Let you know I got your message. Uh, we'll be getting back to you shortly. <laughs> God is like, I heard your message. I got your email. I got your request. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. He's saying, I got it. I got it. I got it. And we'll get back to you shortly. God is not like, hear me closer. God is not like an employer and God is not like Amazon Prime. Please understand that. God delivers on his own time. Okay. So you can act like God going to deliver in two days and get disappointed. Or you can act like within the next two weeks, God owes you a check. God don't owe you nothing. The only check God, the only check that God gave us, and hear me clearly, it was the check that was cleared by Jesus' death. Everything else is according to his check markers based upon the timing for you. So when you understand that, that God is not like an employer that guarantees, well, if I put the work in, you know what I'm saying? If I do the work and, and God also what we do is, <clears throat> well, God, have I not prayed? Have I not read my word? Have I not did this? Have I not done that? And, and now all of a sudden our hearts are toxic and we don't even, we're not even aware. The only reason why we're exhibiting good behavior is because we want to get blessed. We're, we, we exhibit good behavior because we are blessed. Our behaviors come from our belonging. We belong to God. Therefore, our beliefs change. And when I say belief change, our behavior change. The, the number one thing that changes behavior is the state of my belonging. I'm a son of God. <coughs> <clears throat> you a daughter of God. And in that fellowship, in that belonging, your beliefs change and then your behaviors change. But if you behave to bless, to be blessed versus embracing what has already been blessed to you, then you will find yourself toxic when you talk to God. You will find yourself upset with God. You will find yourself mad at God because God ain't gave it to you. God, did I not? I've been faithful in my tithe and I've been faithful in my giving. I've been faithful in this. I've been faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful, faithful. God don't care about faithfulness. You can have faithfulness without fellowship. You can have faithfulness without fellowship. You you can have, you, that's why you can't get so caught. as a different, my pastor said this one time in the message. Man, that stuck with me. He said, there's a difference between loyalty and faithfulness. People can be faithful to you without loyalty. They're only faithful to you because of what you made, uh, uh, what you have as far as leverage. People, God can care less about how faithful you are. He's looking at the fellowship. You're talking about, God, I've been faithful to you. God's going to be like, but we ain't talked in weeks, genuinely. 
And what most people do is they get so caught up in being faithful to God, but not fellowshipping with God and not understanding that when time is pressed, you won't even be loyal. So then your faithfulness stops when God doesn't bless or doesn't give in accordance to what you're asking for. But then our dumb selves get so caught up on the blessings we haven't received versus looking at the blessings we have received that's greater than the blessings that we are waiting on. The fact that you are breathing is the biggest blessing on this side of glory. The second, probably the number one greatest blessing on this side of glory is you not cooking and boiling the hell. Have you thought about that? So what we do is we get so caught about the blessings we don't have versus embracing the blessings we do have and allowing our hearts to be filled with joy and moving into faithfulness from fellowship, not faithfulness for fruit. We, we want fruit from God. God, give me this. <clears throat> That's the wrong type of heart to have. So he only he, the only confirmation that we get from God in a lot of scenarios is his peace. And the word of God is very clear. It says, and his peace, which surpasses all understanding. You pray to God and you like, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I need the money by four o'clock today and it's 310. God, I need this by next week. God, we, God, 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 I need, 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 God, God. And God is like, listen, man, I my peace will keep you if you let it be kept. But like I said before, the reason why many of us are not at a place of peace is because we are doing things that the Prince of Peace doesn't want us to do. It says in his hearts in the peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, protect your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Your mind becomes unstable. Your heart becomes unstable. All those things become unstable when we are not stabilized in seeking God's will and staying steady. And let's keep going because I'm, man, this scripture is so dense. First Peter 5 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares. We'll break some of these down a little bit, a little bit later. I just want to make sure. Oh, Proverbs 12, 25 is what I want to get to. Um, okay. Chelsea got a question about worry. Let's see. Coach, how do you know when you are experiencing a breakthrough from worry? At times when I make a mistake, I tend to worry because I get picked on for it. Even if I apologize, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that answer. I got you, Chelsea. I'm going to talk about that, but let me break it. Let me break your um, answer down real quickly. How do you know when you're experiencing breakthrough from worry, when you worry less and when you worry uh, uh, at none at all? Uh, worry is the fruit of, of, and what I'm saying is do not allow other people's worry to cause you to worry. People worried about your financial stability. People's worried about if you're going to find a man or not. When people worry about if you're going to be okay, don't allow somebody else's worry about you to get you into worry. That's your own problem. You're trying to live vicariously through me. You just want me to have this so that you can have something to talk about in the barbershop. So you can have something to talk about in the salon. Don't get so caught up in allowing the cares of your mother, the cares of your father to get you into cares or to keep you from casting care on God. And now, since, since now you got Mother's Day coming up. Now you know you got to go see your mom. And now mom, you know mom's going to be like, you ain't got no man yet. Man, you ain't got no man. You ain't been out. We've been quarantined. But now your mom's care is all carried. It's been casted on you. And now you're like, man, I don't got no man. I don't care what your mama say, what your daddy say. I don't care what they may say in regards to picking on you. They ain't got nothing to do on what God is doing in you. You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand that, you'll say, you know what, God? I repent from the way it's thinking. I'm going to welcome your spirit to renew my way of thinking about that and establish strong uh, supports in your mind that's helping you to not alter or halter or come whatever or, or be moved by what other people say. And that's what we got to understand. 
is that people's worries will make us worry. People's cares will have us caring about things that we ain't supposed to be caring. You see what I'm saying? So I hope they help. How do you know when you're experiencing a breakthrough when you worry less? But worrying less comes from making sure that your mind is, is solid. So I want you to write down what you worried about. I want you to write down what you're worried about, why you worried about it, who and what is making you worried about it, and why you shouldn't be worried about it. And I want you to put scripture that it's got, a, got an activity. So download the worksheet, Chelsea, <clears throat> so you'll be able to get that worksheet to process that. But we'll get to, we'll get to some truths in my message here that's going to help you with that uh jenny travels let me make sure i get jenny's question please don't skip my question uh let's see so y'all i know i know uh let me see the woman in the bible kept pestering kept pestering the judge about the same thing over and over until the judge relented to her quest could you explain that principle relation to what you said great question so what i mean by that is for justice you see what i'm saying there's nothing wrong with god i believe uh, that you will bring justice. There's nothing wrong with uh, uh, um, asking God to come down and asking asking God to manifest his power in a situation. I'm um, asking um, for God to, to judge well and whatever. But when we, when we talk about pestering is pestering from doubt, not pestering from demand, uh, not demanding God. What I mean by that is demanding the warfare, demanding satanic tactics. So let me make sure I find that scripture. I'll find it to make sure I get clarity. But if I'm kind of familiar with, there's a difference between uh, um, um, petitioning uh, um, in regards from dominance, from power versus petitioning from worry. When you're petitioning, what I mean by petitioning is asking God to move and welcoming God's move and, and bring your justice and bring whatever and getting into warfare prayers. Maybe that's along the lines of what I'm talking about there. So I hope that brings some clarity. But with the petitioning I'm talking about, it's petitioning from, from, from lust, petitioning from greed, petitioning from evil, petitioning from, for, for, to consuming of your own lust. The Bible says um, um, that you don't know how to ask because when you ask, you ask to consume with your own lust. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. People be asking God for stuff, but not looking at the lust that's going to lasso itself around that request if God gives to him and toxic it and destroy it. Hope that made sense. But let's get back into some more of these notes. Let's keep going. A uh, Proverbs 12, 25 is a very powerful scripture that I love. It says, not love, but that goes, I mean, I love the word of God, but you know what I mean? I thought I was thinking about other Proverbs, but that goes along with this. It says, anxiety in a person's heart, a man or woman's heart weighs them down, but a good word makes them glad. The good word, the good book, the B-I-B-L-E, um, the word spoken uh, that's in correlation with the word of God. You see what I'm saying? And 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 what what what's uh, profound about that is anxiety will make you heavier than your own weight. You can weigh 195, but worry will have you as heavy as 250. You can be 255 and worry and make you as heavy as a person as 300 because you're carrying psychologically all these unnecessary weights. And then all of a sudden your shoulders are crunched in. You're leaning over. You're, 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 your countenance is dark. You're not walking with the, with the pep in your step. You see what I'm saying? So you got your own weight, but you got to understand there's a weight that you carry 
in every level of who you are, the weight of the spirit, the weight of your soul, the weight of your body. You see what I'm saying? And so your body is not the only weight that you carry. There's a weight of anointing that you carry. There's a weight of God's burden on your heart that you carry. There's a weight that you carry, but those are good weights. The weights that are able, that, that you have been equal in weight with the, uh, and, and proportionate in the ability to carry it. The cross was made for you to be able to carry it. But but there's, there's things that we're supposed to carry and things that we're not supposed to carry. So carrying uh, uh, um, the, the purpose of God, carrying the anointing, carrying our cross, carrying those things are in proportionate to our to who he is in us. Unnecessary cares or carries is things that are um or beyond our control, carrying the weight of the what ifs. What if I don't get married? What if? Would I be ready? All these different what ifs. He says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, weighs her down, but a good word makes him glad. The word of God, Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let's get to some points here. Let's get my, um, get this up real quickly. All right. Oh, that's the, that's the page I was supposed to be on. My apologies, y'all. Let me remove the question real quickly so we can see. I was on the wrong tab, y'all. My apologies for those who's taking notes. Okay. Give me one second, y'all. There we go. All right. <clears throat> now, let's get to some more points. Okay, we've already covered all these here. So, we already covered those. Now, what causes worry? What causes us to worry? Let's start with number one, W, alternative worship. What causes us to be in a place of worry? It's when we worship other gods. Uh, God says, have no other gods before us, before him, I'm sorry. And what happens, what puts us in a state of worry is when we get uh, distracted from worshiping God in spirit and truth, and we start worshiping a false God in, in flesh and in, in flesh and falsehood. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is God wants us to be people that worship him exclusively. Worship is not just raising of hands. It's devotion of life. That's what worship is. It is the devotion of life. The, one, the thing that I devote my life to, the thing that I devote my mind to, the thing that I devote everything to, that is my worship. So people think, well, Josh, I'm not worshiping no uh, golden calf at like the image there. Like Josh, I'm not worshiping. I'm not worshiping that. You see what I'm saying? But but you don't know that that wherever your time goes, your money goes, your energy goes, shows you who you worship. So the real question is, am am I am I worship worshiping a false god here? You see what I'm saying? And and because in worshiping a false god, then that god will be limited because that god doesn't have the life of the true god in it. So when that god has been proven unable to do what you need the real god to do, then all of a sudden now you in this island by yourself and you have lost all mental uh, uh, awareness of what repentance is and getting back in fellowship with God. But now you're out on this island in worry, and now you in now you in deep worry. It happens all the time where people leave God for a period of time. And then when that God, that thing they was worshiping and pursuing fails them, 
Now they're consumed with worry. Now when your career, you worship your career, and then when you've been laid off, or when when the this is the year where uh, things are not just flowing like you used to, now you're concerned with worry. How am I going to pay the bills? Now you start doing uh, compromisable, compromising stuff to get money versus going to God, knowing that God, <clears throat> realizing that God's your true source. It happens all the time. People's alternative worships leads them away from God mentally, getting overly consumed in this thing. And then when that thing fails them, here comes the floodwaters of worry. Another thing that causes us to worry, three O's, oppression, the expectation of others, and manipulative outlets. What causes a lot of people to fall into, um, let me make sure I fix this, that causes people to um, fall into worry is demonic oppression. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over every demonic spirit. When you don't understand that, and you can go to my website right now and go to imunplugged.com forward slash worksheets and get this and download this book for free. And it will help you with the whole armor of God. It will help you understand about how we're supposed to war in life. The enemies that war against you externally is not greater than the war that's inside of you. The thing that keeps us um, from falling into oppression, which then leads us to worry, is unity. When, our, when we are unified on the inside with the spirit that's inside, there's nothing outside that can override us because greater is he that's in us. But our whole body has to be in unison of that truth. My whole, my body, my body, my spirit, which is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, is now it has is in the soul and my body in alignment with the sealing of the spirit in me. The spirit is having all access, thriving access to every compartment of my soul, which then brings vibrancy and a youthfulness to my body. And I'm not care to care uh, uh, worried about anything. There's no disease in my body. There's no uh, uh, mental illness in my mind. There's no depression in my soul. There's no confusion in my spirit or darkness in it because everything is in unison. But when there is, when your body's at war with your soul, and your soul's at war or your soul and your body's at war with the spirit and it's fighting and you're fighting with the spirit that's in you or grieving him or resisting his work, you see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden you find yourself oppressed. The enemy's like, man, there we go. Now we can press in on her. We can press in on him. We can oppress her mind, oppress them and get them worried about their death. I remember there was a time in my life where the enemy had a, a, a grip on me where I mean, like people, most people don't know I give my testimony. Not well, not testimony. Well, I give my story. Just last year, maybe two years before I turned 33, the devil kept telling me, demons kept telling me, I'm going to kill you at 33. You're not going to make it to your 34. You're going to die at 33 years old. 33 years old, you're going to die. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. I fought that thought over and over again. And guess who's 34 now? Me. But imagine if I succumbed and didn't overcome what they did and said in my mind, I would have been dead by 33 because the weight of the worry would have crushed me. The top of my mind, which would have begun worried about, and my, oh, shoot, I got three months left of 33. Is the devil going to kill me on Christmas? And then there were certain things that was happening around me as if there was an ambush around me. And I had to, had to go into warfare and fight because they're going to do any and everything to make you believe what they say in your mind. And then what, actually, when then what you believe in your mind comes out of your mouth, which then relinquishes the authority from you to them. And that gives them the legal right to actually commence 
what they see minted in your mind. That's why you got to learn how to cast down vain imaginations and be like, yo, we not we we going to live and not die to declare the work to the Lord. You see what I'm saying? I was life coaching a young lady the other day and I gave her scriptures against her worries. And I said, you got to make those scriptures personal to you so that you can tell the enemy. Jesus did not say anything to the devil outside of what was written. He said it is written. The devil don't care about the books you wrote. He don't care about the posts you post. He don't care about what you think you may know. He wants to know, do you believe the word is the word of God that's coming out of your mouth? Do you believe it? That's all he cares about. And the moment he feels that you that you really uh, believe what you believe, he'll back off to a more opportune time. Notice with Jesus, he tried to come through Peter. He tried to come through the Pharisees. He tried to come through Pilate. He tried to come through all these different people. But when you have given all your opportunity over to the omniscient one, the devil will have, will won't even have any opportunity in your life. So why people worry? Oppression. Others, the expectation of others got people worried. Like I talked about with the young lady. Now your mama, who's a worry wart, got you worrying in sorts. Your dad, which is worried about you, now you worried. Your friends worrying about your singleness. Have you 36 years old? They worrying about you. Did not God make your wound? God, God, God ain't moved by time. Ask, ask Elizabeth. Ask Rebecca. Which one was it? I said I messed up in one of my videos the other day. Who was it? Elizabeth. No, it was a Rebecca. It was one of them two. Actually, both of them probably. It don't matter how old. Yeah, both of them. Elizabeth and Rebecca both was old. And God bring brought a, 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 a thriving in the womb. So what I'm saying is don't allow the expectations of others to cause you to worry. All of a sudden, their expectations goes beyond God's expectations of you. And now you overwork to meet their expectations. And God never told you to be no doctor. God never told you to be no lawyer. God never told you to be no artist. But because everybody's hyping you up, that's why I tell people, don't give gas to people who don't know how to drive. Don't give gas to people who's not legal to drive yet. And people be gassing people up. And they're not even legal yet to drive. They're not of age spiritually to drive off of that hype and we be hyping people up and now they get caught up in their expectation and then when when there's no grace there grace for your salvation but not grace for the occupation there's a difference now you occupy in a place that god never intended now the weight of that place becomes heavy and now you in worry because you fulfill the expectation of somebody else running off the gas of somebody else knowing that you're driving illegally the other O, manipulative outlets. That's why you can't get so caught up in the news. You can't get so caught up. That's right. Don't believe the hype. That's right. Don't believe the hype. It don't believe the hype. Uh, uh, um, because because the hype, you got to show me a prototype. You you in order to make me believe, you got to show me that in form. I can't I can't go by words. I need to see the prototype. I need to see what it really is. But most people they get they get into worry from manipulative outlets. That's why you can't get so caught up in the news, man. You can't consume that all the time. You can't consume all of those uh, um, people's opinions that's not rooted in God. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? And what happens is people get into worry because they're consuming all these different media outlets, and all of a sudden the coronavirus is is getting out there. Now all of a sudden now, man, do you know a uh, 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 two hundred and fifty thousand people a year die from medical error? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what my pastor we talked about that last week. It's crazy how these numbers are elevated, and don't get me wrong, those are real people. 
But in comparison to be wise, I'm not talking about going out there and being stupid, but don't allow worry. Be wise. Don't worry. Let's keep going. Oh, wrong way. All right. Now, what causes people to worry? Reality. Reality. Let me make this uh, better for you so I can see. Reality. Um, when you face reality, you've been living in fairy tale land as a single person. And then about time you 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 got with this guy, you got with this girl, and then but you already done got a soul tie with them. Now when it's time to get married, now you worried, or now you already married. Now you worried, is this thing gonna work out? Uh, um, you gotta you gotta live in reality. And what I mean by that is you can't get so caught up in living in this fairy tale world like this young lady is living in the virtual reality. You got to get into the real reality. And we don't, I'm not sitting here saying walking by sight. I'm talking about understanding what's real, like what's real about life. Getting, when you get so caught up in social media and get caught up in comparisons and then start worrying, you lose sight of reality. You lose sight of the spiritual warfare. You lose sight about your righteousness in Christ Jesus. You begin to lose sight of who you are in sonship with the Father. You begin to lose reality about faith because the enemy's got you into these fairy tale doctrines, these fairy tale false uh, 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 words, and got you caught up in this fairy tale cloud. Then when that cloud is burst and you hit the ground, now you're in reality, and reality has really checked you and say, yo, you not who you've been posting. You not really real. See, I'm glad I faced reality and realized, Josh, you fake, bro. There was a time when I looked in the mirror, maybe eight years ago, I was like, yo, you fake, bro. You fake. You, you're not, you not really who you've been preaching. You're not really what you're saying. It's time to become real, Josh. It's time to become real. You, you got to stop worrying. You got to stop doing it. You got to become real. And get out of this fairy tale world of selfish ambition. Get out of this world of success, this false fairy tale world of success, and, and, and trying to be this, this person versus being who I was created to be. You got to get into reality and say, God, what is really real here, man? <clears throat> fairy tales, living in a fairy tale world distracts you and it, and it destroys the time within your reality. And then one day you're going to be 40-some years old after your fairy tale done burst. At 34 years old after your fairy tale done burst. 22 years old after your fairy tale burst surrounded with consequences. Reality. When reality sets in and God hasn't been, you haven't really been real with God and God hasn't been, quote unquote, in your mind made real to you. Then when reality hits, you start worrying like, oh, snap. What do I do now? Let's keep going. <clears throat> another reason or, or what another thing that causes worry is an unrenewed mind or a rotting mind. An unrenewed mind causes worry. When your mind is not renewed about what the word of God says about your newness in him and who he has created you to be, you start worrying because your mind is not mature enough to be able to properly digest what's really going on in life. You see what I'm saying? So you have to constantly renew your mind. Worrying subsides when your mind is renewed. Because now you begin to say, oh, this makes sense. Uh, count it all joy, you go through various trials. Knowing this is testing of my faith right now. So when it's, like I said in one of my videos today that I posted, I said, did I say that for this video? I said, various trials makes you versatile. Various trials makes you versatile. But if your mind is not really renewed on that text, then you're going to be vexed. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and we got to really get to a place where we say the word of God is true. I'm going to apply it, not just the verses that I like, the cute and cuddly ones. I say that all respectfully, 
We get so caught up on the scriptures that makes us feel good, which is a versus versus the scriptures that's making us truly good. You know what I'm saying? It's stuff that really prunes us and brings out of us. And that's what we got to get to where we say, you know what? I need to renew my mind in this area because, because the lack of my mental renewal is increasing worry in my life. Let's keep going. Oh, did I skip one? Oh, okay, cool. All right. What causes worry? Why? Years. <laughs> You've been single and you're 38 with no children. You've been single and you 35, you got a great job, brother. You get life is good, but all the other girls you've been seeing just ain't the one. Years will cause worry. But God said a thousand years is like a day to me. God is God's God was speaking, speaking poetically there, but God's like, man, listen, a thousand years a day to me. What's 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 years? Do you trust me? Sometimes I think God could have came sooner, but he allows things, he put he's placed things previously at a certain place so that you could always have moments to compare uh, or to uh, truly judge your heart and say, you know what? Can I be ready a longer time? Can I, can I maintain this for another year? You see what I'm saying? And like my sister here, Misty Ross says, oh, you preaching, I'm almost 30 and single. God's like, man, don't worry about the years. He said, I'm a God above time. He says, man, I'm not, I'm not measured by time. I'm eternal. Like, like some things don't even got nothing to do about you being ready. It's just all got to do about his rightful timing. You could be really ready for marriage right now. You could be really, you know what I'm saying? You could be really ready right now. You're ready, but it's just not God's timing. God is like, man, like uh, John the Baptist's mom was faithful, faithful in the temple, faithful in the temple, faithful in the temple, was righteous before God, faithful for many years. And the only reason why her wound door was closed up was because of birthing John the Baptist for the sake of baptizing Jesus. So God is like, do you want the bigger picture or do you just want your picture? That's something you got to think about. Lisa's got a question. Uh, okay, we'll get to that, Lisa. I want to make sure I cover cover some more ground here. Let's keep going. Um, what causes worry? Alternative worships. I'm at an hour already. Man, <clears throat> what causes worry? Alternative worships. Oppression, the expectation of others, and manipulative outlets. Number three, reality. Number four, an unrenewed mind. And why years? Let's keep going. Now, what do we worry about? I'm going to go through this real quick. I have 15 things that we as people worry about the most. And I'm going to go through these really quickly. I think, I don't think, uh, oh, that's the wrong one. All right, cool. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate Thanks for the message. Keep going with the message. Gotcha. Let's get right into it. Now, why do we worry? We already talked about that. We showed here. What do we worry about? I mean, what do we worry about? Number one, the number one thing that we, not the number one, but one of the 15 things that we worry about the most is number one, how attractive we are, how attractive and lovable we are. That's what a lot of people worry about. 
Uh, people worry about, am I attractive enough? Am I cute enough? And what happens, people modify their God-given image to, make an image to match an image made by man. And what happens to most people, they don't look in the mirror and, when, and they don't believe that the person that they, they see in a mirror is fearfully and wonderfully made. I do not care how you look. Somebody will love you the way you are. And if you if if you modify yourself to match another person's expectations of beauty aesthetically, then you will lose sight of being your genuine self. Then, like I told women, you end up being a trophy wife. You will be formed and fixed into the image of that man's expectation of beauty. And that will have that's what messes up a lot of women's mind. They start worrying: is my you know what big enough? Is these these jugglers big enough? Is my face pretty enough. And God's talking about, am I big enough? Or am I tall enough? Am I, do I got enough money? And so now we start modifying the outside of ourselves to match the image made by men versus matching the image in the likeness of God. Because it doesn't matter about what everybody else is like. If I got God's image and I bear God's likeness, then I'm only going to attract what he has, what he likes for me to have. I don't got time to modify myself to try to get stuff that ain't got nothing to do with me. I only want to attract what God likes for me to have. I don't want anything else because if I'm made in his image and I'm made in his likeness, I will have what he would like for me to have. But I don't have to modify my image. I can I can increase my character. I can increase in integrity. I can increase in character. But this forehead ain't changing. Okay. This forehead ain't changing. The circumference of this head is not changing. I can't shave it down. I can't shrink it down. So I got to love it now. I got to love it. I got to love it. Whatever you cannot change, love it. If you if you if you're not as thick as them, if your pockets ain't as big as them, if you ain't it don't matter who's bigger, who's smaller. It's all about how big is God in you. And so most people they worry about is the reason why I'm single and I'm not attractive enough. So now you start compromising. Now you start showing more. Now you start pulling up more. Now you start getting in debt to try to get this car so that you can at least get the woman. You start doing all these different behaviors because beneath you, you don't love you. You don't love the person that's in you. You got to get out of that, man. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, if there's some things you don't like about yourself, you can change. Like I give the analogy all the time. This forehead, I can't change. I got to own this. Like I said before, whatever you do not own will be sold against you. Whatever you do not own, people will sell it against you. They'll, they'll sell it against you. They'll talk about you, and then you'll lose value, right? Because you're paying for, the, for, for whatever. But if, like, for me, I was 315 pounds. Look, I don't got not my head is big, but I ain't trying to be big everywhere else. I ain't trying to be all over the place and filling up the screen. Here I'm in. Oh, thank y'all for watching. Uh, well, uh, hey guys, thank you for watching Cole Josh in the screen. I'm filling up the whole screen. That's why I adopted Slim Rev. I want to be Slim Rev. I'm 254 right now. Last time I checked, well, I had some uh I had some food earlier. So I'm about 255. You know what I'm saying? I had some Viva look. Was it Viva chicken? Yeah, man, that's pretty lean. I'm probably about 255 now. So I done lost what about 60, 70 pounds. So I changed what I didn't like. But most people they worry about how attractive and lovable they are. Nobody will love me. I'm this. Nobody will love me. I'm that. You better love you, man. Nobody can outlove. Nobody can outlove God's love for you, and nobody can truly love you if you don't love yourself. The Bible says His perf perfect love casts out all fear. You got to get that fear out of you. 
whether or not you attract number two, what do we worry about? We worry about number two, the area we live in and its amenities. Sometimes we, we worry too much about where we live. God's got you. Yes, you might not be in the best of neighborhoods. Yes, this is the best that you can afford. Don't get so caught up, caught about, caught up in, well, I, I want to live over here. Let God provide for that. Let God set up the stage for that. Let God put those things in place. Some people worried about where they, the area they live. And and but but they're where they no, we're not even talking about bad neighborhoods. We're talking about neighborhoods that's not quote unquote quote unquote. You see what I'm saying? Well, well, I want to live in this neighborhood because of what it will make me look like, and I can put it in conversation and say I live on this side of town. God's like, maybe I got you in this side of this in this town to win some souls. Have you thought about that? Maybe I got you in this neighborhood to see some things about you. Maybe I got you in this neighborhood to pray over this neighborhood because these purpose person needs a pillar of mine with the anointing in them to destroy the yokes and the and affect the the principalities work in this region. So you can't get so caught up worrying about. I live in this area and now you start getting in debt to live in a better, a better area. And then when you get into a better area outside of God's timing, now you feel with cares and worry because now you don't make enough money anymore. And now you got to go all the way back to the neighborhood you try to leave. What do we, and in regards to amenities, hey man, make the best use where you are. Uh, what do we worry about? Three, our achievements or the lack thereof or our own abilities. What do we worry about on point? Because I'm in the hood. God, hey, listen, ladies, if you're in the hood, God, you got angels. He will give you angels charge over you. Your angels will protect you. You're good. Be wise, though. Get you get you a little doop doop. Get you one of them doop doop. You know, get one of them little spray sprays. Get, get you do what you got to do. But God's got you. What do we worry about? Our achievements or the lack thereof or our ability? Some of us, we worry about what we haven't achieved or protecting what we have achieved or boasting about uh, 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 our achievements, right? Or we boast about our abilities and the lack thereof. Not boast about, but we worry about, well, I'm not as talented as him and I'm not talented as her. Oh my God, she's so talented. He's so talented. I ain't... Man, who man, you got your own abilities? Why am I going to envy somebody else's ability? I used to do that when I was in middle school. Man, I was I forgot the guy's name. No, it wasn't middle school. It was elementary. No, yeah, elementary when we was drawing cars. Or was that middle school? Middle school. Man, I was. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Sister was giving. Always a great on time word. Such a blessing. Thank you so much, y'all. I really appreciate the support. But I was envying this kid. This kid can draw cars real good. And my little car was was just messed up, man. I just did a little whoop swoop and little tires didn't match. Tires weren't equal to each other. You know what I'm saying? I tried to draw the door right. I couldn't draw people right. And I used to envy them because I'm like, man, these people can draw. These people can sing. I just give advice. I got a yearbook. I got to find it. I got a yearbook that got people from sixth and seventh grade talking about, man, thanks for the advice. Me and Chelsea are doing great today. Because of you, me and Jonathan are, are still together. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so back then, my abilities wasn't as attractive. My abilities wasn't as needed. So I suffocated that and I started drawing. I started trying to sing. I started trying to play instruments. I tried to be cool while suffocating what really makes me who I'm supposed to be. Now, I remember seven years ago, being a life coach wasn't popping, and God was like, do it, all right? And now, all of a sudden, my gift is in right now. But imagine if I suffocated that all the years of my life, I would be a great artist right now, but I won't be before you right now. 
See what I'm saying? So don't compare your abilities. Everybody is giving a certain amount of a measure of faith according to what God wants them to do. What do we worry about? For being alone forever and being alienated. We worry about that. People, well, I ain't going to say we. People worry about that. People worry about, singles be worrying about, man, I'm 38, I'm single. Will I be alone forever? 26 and single, will I be alone forever? Or we worry about God alienate us. I got don't don't prune me. No, don't isolate me because we will. And that's where everybody's crying out. Set us free from the quarantine. Nobody wants to be home alone. Nobody wants to be alone with their own thoughts and what they should have addressed it years ago. But but we can't. We shouldn't worry about being alone because we were never alone. We are never alone. We're worrying about being alone when God's sitting looking at you like this. You you ready? You done or you done? You finished or you done? I've been here since this whole time and you ain't going to recognize me, a present help in a time of trouble. You know, I said in the word and God's like, man, once your mind gets to a place where you realize I'm never alone, you begin to embrace the one that's always with you. And alienation, alienation or being a, or brought into an isolated state is great. I don't mind being alone because I produce, man. I produce, man. What, these books right here? I just show these to encourage people. These books right here? Card games, videos, man. Listen, put make me be alone. Put me by myself because I guess to work. See what I'm saying? Let's keep going for time sake because, man, I've been going about an hour and 11 minutes. I want to make time to answer at least three questions. What do we worry about? Number five, assignments that needs to be done. We worry about assignments. Um, and what I mean by that, we put ourselves in position to worry about assignments. So what happens is we wait till the last day to study. We wait till we just wait too late and we worry about is this assignment going to get done or the pressure of a big assignment that your uh, God has graced you to lead in a, in a company or at the church. And now you start worrying about the assignment. God always going to throw monkey wrenches in there. Please believe God will never have you manifest something on your own perfectly. He won't. You can try, man. I've, you know how many events I had? I've, I've done, in my own time, in the last 12 years, I've put on probably a hundred or so uh, workshops, concerts, events, or whatever. And none of them uh, was perfect in my eyes in the beginning. But when I look back at it, it was perfect. Because when you, I used to, I used to go, no, look, I remember one time I, I was doing my book release for this book here, The Purpose of Singleness. I remember to this day. The purpose of singleness, right? This book right here. That's the reason why we're doing this course. And um, this screen was working perfectly, but this screen was. And this screen was blue. This screen had the graphic, right? And literally for 30 minutes, my whole energy, and I got a, I got a, a, a book release to do, but my whole energy was trying to get this screen right because no, no, no. Both screens got to work. It will make this look marvelous. This will look amazing if both screens work. For 30 minutes, playing with the screen, playing with the computer, that screen did not start did not start working until two minutes before it started. And I still didn't put my shirt on. This is the shirt I was wearing. One of these shirts. I, had the purple, I, I think I had the shirt on. Or oh, the bucket. I had the, this shirt. Or the bucket. And I was like, man, God, you something else. And God was letting me know, bruh, that wasn't a devil. Some of the things we blame on the devil ain't the devil. God's like, I held that up so that you will let me do me. 
I held it off to show you that you're worrying too much about these events. You're worrying too much about the little things. You're Martha right now, Josh. You're being Martha, be, being a poor steward, Martha Stewart, being a Martha Stewart over the wrong things. When Mary's at my feet, all you had to do was go put on your shirt, wash your face, get ready to preach. I would take care of the screen, but me over here just playing with the screen, showing that I'm caring or concerned about the wrong things versus being at his feet. God, you'll work that out. See what I'm saying? God will throw monkey wrenches in there to throw you off. Not hear me closely. Don't make me think that God is messing you up. But God will throw off what you're trying to do so that He can get in. Let's keep going. Why? What do we worry about? Number six. Will we have an accomplice? All these are A's. Will we have an accomplice on a, or, or a person to accompany us? A husband or a wife? Don't worry about that. The same God is making you is making him. The same God is making you is making her. Don't worry about what he going to look like and you daydreaming God. Is he going to be 6'6 six, six or 6'3 six, God? Having crazy conversations with God. God's like, man, girl, the boy going to be 6'4, okay? Chill with that. I got you. The man going to be 6'4. You over there, God, will she, will she look like this? And God's like, man, bruh, 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 trust me, when I bring her, bruh, you're going to start speaking poetry like Adam. So we get so caught up on, will we have an accomplice? God said, I got you. But the reason why a lot of people are single right now, they haven't finished their assignments of their singleness. You got 50, 60 some animals left to name. And you talking about God, where's my wife? Where's my God's like, bruh, get these animals named, bruh. You talk, you wasting time talking to God about some woman, about some man, and you you got nothing. You ain't even, you ain't even 50% done with what he told you to do. So could it be that the reason why you still single at a certain age is because of you? Listen, I wrote all these books. I did I, I, one thing I said was <clears throat> I'm gonna make the best use of my single. That's why I am well qualified to talk about this because I produced through the help of the Holy Ghost. I made a bunch of dumb decisions, learned from them, and I'm helping you not to do the same things or to do the things that I did right through the help of the Holy Ghost. Could it be that you still single right now, wasting time worrying about certain things because you ain't been working? If you would have just finished that three years ago, maybe you would have had your man by now. If you would have just finished that four years ago, maybe you would have your girl right now. My wife came to me in the midst of my doing, not in the midst of my asking. Any, any, oh, my, I'm preaching now. Any and everything that you want will not come in the midst of your asking. It will come in the midst of your actions. My wife walked through my Bible study doors while I was in the midst, in the midst, in the middle of my action. You, you would never see it if all you have to show for it is asking. But God said, man, finish what I done told you to do, man. And stop worrying about your accomplice. You, you sound like Batman talking about where's your Robin. Hmm. Let's keep on. What do we worry about? Now I'm preaching, man, I'm getting hot. <laughs> the anointing is flowing. What do we worry about? Number seven, not having the answers or trying to sway the answers. Not having the answers. We worry about it. Looking at God. God's like, man, I'm silent because you're not ready to handle my answer. The reason why God doesn't 
give out answers like that because you're not mature enough to digest it. So if God told you exactly who he has for you, you'll be like, he cute, he fine, he fine, but he don't look like this. You not you you ain't mature enough to see him yet. You're not mature enough to see her yet. You're not mature enough yet. So God is like, look, you over here worrying about my answers, but you're not able to handle my answers. So we worrying about why hasn't God answered me yet? God is quiet because he's saying the reason why you are you're not getting an answer from me because you have yet to answer my question of you. And my question of you is, who are you? What have I told you to do? But the first thing that God told Adam was after when they got in the fall was, Adam, where are you? Don't worry about the answer of your husband. Don't worry about the answer of your wife. Don't worry about the answer of the next stage of your life. Worry about answering the question, who are you or where are you? Where are you right now? Are you by the tree with the fruit juice falling off your beard, the fruit juice coming down off your chin? Or are you in the cool of the day walking with the father? What do we worry about? Number eight, our assets, our money. Will we have enough? Now, don't get me wrong. You need to work your money. Don't worry about money. Just work the money you have. Man, I tell people, man, um, <clears throat> when it comes to money, God doesn't give money all the time. The, he gives something better than money. He gives you money making ideas. So many people be like, God, okay, God, I want this. I want this way of life, God. I, you, you show God, God. I just, I want, I want my house to be this big. I want to have this. Oh, God, I would love to have this. I would love to have a yard like this. God doesn't mind blessing you with nice things. As long as you as long as you nice with those things, at least you have the right heart with those things. God, I don't mind blessing. But you over here telling God, God, I would love to have this. God, I would love to be able to travel and go on vacation. I would love. And, and then God drops you off with a box. Drops you off with a box. God, what's the box? You open the box, it's pieces to an idea. It's pieces to a business. But God, I don't got time to work. Because God knows what you what you are, what you're what you don't work hard for, you will squander it. What you work hard for, you will steward it. What you put work, if you got sweat in the game, hey man, we ain't we ain't about to lose it. I, I worked hard to get this. You know what I'm saying? But if you if God just gives out blessings, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get this, you get a house, you get a house, you get a house, you get a husband, you get a husband, you get a wife, you get a wife, just to be giving them out. And all you did was show up and now he's giving stuff to you. We're not talking about salvation with anything that pertains to that. We're talking about stewardship stuff. <clears throat> God ain't just going to give this stuff out to you like that. And he knows good and well, you're not going to be able to steward it. And people be asking God for these big things, but then when God gives them big idea that requires a big work, people start complaining. So people worry about their assets. And God's saying, the reason why you're you worrying about this, but you've been sitting on that book for how many years? You've been sitting on that album for how many years? You've been sitting on that business for how many years? You've been sitting on that ministry for how many years? You've been sitting on that? And you talking to me? You, you wasting my time about this? And you the one sitting on that? If you listen, man, all these books bring me money every month. YouTube brings me money every month. Everything I do brings me money. 
And it's not because of, of me. Oh, look at this money. I'm sitting on. I got things we got to do. My wife, my wife wants a way of life that I got to go out there and get. I got to make sure that, 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 that the ministry is prospering. And we advance in the kingdom of God that we fund and I'm taking care of my church. I'm doing, I'm giving, not taking care of my church. Like I'm taking, I got big money like that, but I'm, 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 I'm giving. You see what I'm saying? He gives seed to the sower. Yo, God, I want to sow here. I want to sow in this. I want to sow in your ideas that you've given me. I want to sow in other people's ideas that were giving me interest. He'll keep giving seeds to sowers, and you can't sow with a closed fist. What why, What do we worry about? We worry about non-adolescents. I got to keep going. I'm going, man. It's, we, care, we worry about our adolescents or for parents. We're worried about our children when they're adults. You worry about their adulthood. You worry about your children's adulthood. That's what probably should put. You, you, you worry about maybe teenagers worry about their adulthood and parents worry about their children's adulthood. They worry too much. God's got them. I don't care if they're walking away from God. You go to sleep tonight. And this is for somebody. Right? I don't care if your son out there doing whatever. You pray over him. You cover him. You pray in the blood and you go to sleep. God got him. If he wants to leave your house, God, the prodigal son left, left safe, came back safe. God can do the same thing for your child. What do we worry about? We worry about our arguments. We worry about uh, um, our altercations. We worry about it, man. Did I say, man? Uh, did I hurt her feelings? Did she? She hurt my feelings. Now I'm mad. We worried about. We worried about the relationship. We worried. We worried about arguments. Let's keep going. We worry about our agreements and responsibility. We worry about. That's why be very careful what you put your name on. Only sign your name on things that God told you to sign your name on. And many people sign their names on stuff that's bigger than they're where they are now. That's bigger than them, and, they, and it's bigger than their pockets. It's bigger than what they're able to do. And now they worried about it because they made an agreement, and you in a four-year contract, five-year contract. Be very careful what you sign, because now you're obligated to it. That's why you, that's what causes people to worry. I made this agreement that I shouldn't have. I married this person and now I have to deal with this person that wasn't for me. Do you know what's worse than being single, my friend? Being married to the wrong one. That's worse than being single. So you might as well stay single and find the right one. That time is will be well more invested than marrying someone and looking good on the ground for two or three weeks. Now, all of a sudden, the pictures are taken down. Now you got divorce papers. And now we're seeing a video. We're seeing pictures of you with somebody else repeating the same idiotic cycle. What do we worry about? Got to go, man. Seven more minutes. I got to hurry up. We worry about our adversary and being ambushed. Don't worry about the devil, man. Understand who you are in Christ, man. Plead the blood. Put the oil on the doorpost. Be be vigilant. Um, um, understand what the word of God says about who you are in him and your authority as an ambassador, man. They are more afraid of you. That's why they exude fear from them to make you afraid of them when you when they are really afraid of you. So we're we're worried about our adversary. The devil's busy. The devil's doing this. He's he busy somewhere else, man, but he ain't at this house. And we wor we're worrying about being ambushed. We're worrying about the next attack. Oh, the devil going to get me. Oh, man, don't, don't. Don't get so caught up in that. That's how. That's a weapon. That's a uh, psychological weapon that's been shooting at you to diminish your your protection and to be even more susceptible to the demonic work. What do we worry about? Real quickly, we worry about being abused. We worried about. So what happened is you got the right one in front of you. Well, God, I don't. I don't know if God gonna. Bring, I don't know. <clears throat> God may bring you the right one at a time, but we worry about being abused. We can't really trust the right people because we've been abused by the wrong people. What do we worry about? We worry about our ability to articulate. Will I be able to say the right thing at the right time? That was a worry about mine for a long time with doing these videos. I would do these videos and I'd be like, man, God, uh, what, what would I? God said, the word of God says, man, don't worry about what you're going to say in that very hour. 
He said, I got you. Don't worry about how you're going to articulate it. Just speak from your heart. What do we worry about? Number 15, will we have ample amount of time? That's what we worry about. I don't worry about future time because I maximize today's time. I don't, why, why, if, if, I, if I take care of every day like I'm supposed to, my weeks will be solid. If I take care of every week like I'm supposed to, I will have great months. If I take care of my months, I have great quarters. If I take care of my quarters, I'll have great years. What you do in today's time will determine how much time you get. It's crazy how many people consume their youth so early and have no youth for their latter years. You got to stretch out your youth by doing youthful things, by doing things that brings more youth. I don't want to be bent over in a cane, amputated legs, diabetes everywhere. I don't want to be walking around crippled and, and whatever. I want to be able to still run over, run through a trooper and hop over walls at 92 or at least be able to at least be this high. Back, back when I was 40, every time my great grand, back when I was about 35, boy, I was jumping over walls this high. But I, oh, Grandpa, he can still get over. Look at that. I can still get over now. I, I can still get over. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be vibrant. I want to be loose. I want to be vibrant. But what I'm saying is what you do today will determine whether your years will be shortened or lengthened. Now, Why single shouldn't worry? I'm gonna go through this real quickly. Why single shouldn't worry? Number one, because God, oh, because God's got you. Why single shouldn't worry? Because, oh man. Why single shouldn't worry? What? There we go. Because God's got you. <laughs> That's why single. You, why you shouldn't worry, singles? Because God's got you. God's got you. I got right here. With God, the odds are in your favor. If you just continue to do what God is telling you to do, I'm telling you, good, man. So don't worry about your singleness. God's got you. God said, man, if you got me, I got you. <laughs> and even if you don't got me, I still got you until you get me in my in spirit form inside of you. Why you shouldn't worry? God got you. If you doing, if you in God's will and you thriving still, then, then, then the, the odds are in your favor. Number two. Why single shouldn't worry? You're still learning who you are. You're still learning who you are and what you really want. Man, do you think I the woman that I wanted at 22 is not the woman that I got now? It's better than the woman I thought I wanted at 22. See what I'm saying? Some of y'all, y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know what you really want. How do you know what you want when you don't even know who you are? When you things that you desire becomes clearer when you when your dignity is manifested, when you begin to really see who you are, then all of a sudden you're like, wow, God really had his best for me. Hmm. Why you shouldn't worry singles? You're still learning who you are and you're and, and what you really want. You don't really know what you really want if you don't know who you are. So what I'm saying is the reason why you should worry about being singles, you still got some learning to do. Number three, why you shouldn't worry? Oh, why you shouldn't worry is because marriage is not the medicine for singleness. Marriage is not the medicine that takes away the pains of singleness. It only amplifies the pain. So heal up. Why you shouldn't worry about being single? Because people try. People think marriage is the cure all for the loneliness of their singleness. No, 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 no. You know what's worse than being lonely single is being lonely married. 
There's people who are married, got somebody coming home every day, got somebody that, 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 that comes home every day and they feel more lonely now than they ever, ever did. So why is single shit worry? Mar because marriage is not the medicine for singleness. So you know, don't worry about it. You're like, man, I want to be married so bad, but it ain't going to heal nothing. It ain't going to help nothing. It's only going to amplify over here. So heal up. So why you shouldn't worry about being single? Because, uh, because you know what? I got room to improve. I got areas still to be healed. Next point. Why single shouldn't worry? There's benefits to being single. Let me tell you something. When I became a, when I became married, a married man, I put away singleness. I put away single man habits. I have to come home at a certain time. I just can't just, you know what? I, I, I early on in my marriage, I used to leave around midnight to go to Walmart. That's how I used to be as a single man. I used to be like, you know what? I want me some magnesium. I'd be doing some research. Ah, I'm out of um. I'm out of this. Or when I work late at night on my message and stuff, oh man, but if I had these sticky notes and these perfect type of pens, like these are my favorite pens right here. These right here, I, I'll go to Walmart to go get these pens. I'll, I'll be, and then I realized my wife would be like, why are you leaving? I'm like, man, you're right. I can't leave because that's going to make her not feel secure. Her man gone out there at Walmart. She's left at home at night. So I realized I had to put that single habit away because I'm married now. See what I'm saying? So, so when you become married, you got to put away some certain single habits. So while you're single, there's benefits. You can do what you want to do. So there, there's no need to worry about being married because when you get married, there are certain things that you love to do now that you can't do. Simple as that. Even though marriage gives you some good things to do. Why singleness? Why single shouldn't worry? Next one, age is nothing but a number to God. You should don't worry about how old you are. Age is nothing but a number. God's like, man, you worry, man. I'm the one that designed your womb. I, I, I got the uh, design number for your womb. See, see, God, God, our bodies is like uh, Roy's Royces. You know, it's handmade. It, uh, uh, it has a number to it. Our DNA distinctively to us. Our fingerprint is this is you. This is model 2,000, 2,467,000 of human, exclusively individualized. And when you know that, you'll be like, God's got me. Let's keep going for time's sake. Why single should worry? If you put the work in, there's no need to worry. If like I didn't worry about getting married at a certain when I when I'm about 26, I didn't worry about marriage no more. I just got to work, man. I was probably at two books then. I just I just got to work, man. If I put the work in, everything will work out for me. Next, last but not least, why single should worry? Because in the will of God, everything flows. In the will of God, everything flows. If I'm in his will, she'll flow in. If I'm in his will, he'll flow in. If I'm in his will, all those things will naturally flow in. Uh, let's keep going. What to do. I think this is my last. What to do when tempted to worry. Okay, that's it. What to do when tempted to worry. Real quickly. Now, I maybe have time to answer maybe two questions. What to do when tempted to worry or, or are in a state of worry? Number one, right, what you need to do is, W, ask yourself why you are worried, the root reason, and what the word of God says about what you're worried about. When you're tempted to worry or in a state of worry, you got to ask yourself why and what? Why am I worried? What's the root reason? Is it because I have, I'm, in I'm in an alternative worship? I'm being oppressed? I'm going after the expression of others. I'm in manipulative outlets. 
I'm, I'm, I'm facing reality and I'm not, I don't really want to face it. Uh, my mind is yet to be renewed or is it because of time? I said, why am I worried about this? And then as soon as with that, coupled with that, what does the word of God say about this? And then you will be able to get out of that worry or in the process to, oh, what to do when tempted to worry or are in a state of worry? Observe your obedience. Observe your obedience and become one with where and what God wants you. That's simple as that. It's simple as that. Observe your obedience. The reason why we're in a state of worry is because we walked away from what God wants us to do. And now we stuck in this place without, not, not without God, but without God's uh, um, endorsement in that area because God doesn't endorse sin. And now we stuck out here on an island and out of disobedience. And, and now we, we were. But in order to overcome, get back in obedience. Get back into where God wants you to be. Get back doing what he wants you to do. And then you'll start seeing the wealth of energy, the wealth of joy come into your life. What to do when tempted to worry or, or are in a state of worry are realize God cares about you and cares for you and release those cares. Then I have some other R's. Repent, regroup, rebound, and reach. Realize God cares about you. When you know God cares about you and cares for you, you ain't going to carry no cares. God, here you go, because I know you got me. See, one thing about me, I, I toss it to God. God, here, you got this. I'm going. One thing about me, I'm going to sleep. I don't I, I stayed up so many nights in my 20s uh, worrying about stuff. I refuse. I got to get sleep. Now, I got to get better because I get to work. Working is my new thing I got to work on. I can work for hours. Now, I'm working on getting balanced. But what I'm saying right now, man, I ain't losing no sleep for no stupid stuff. Uh, um, like that. So I realize, oh, what you gotta do is realize that God cares about you and for you. Now, what I mean by that, He cares about you and He's caring for you. He's taking care of you. Is what I'm saying. Next point, and become, oh, oh and, and uh, your cares and release those cares. How you release them? You repent. God, I repent for carrying these cares. I welcome the Holy Spirit's renewal process to my mind to help me not to care about this. Once I repent, I regroup. I group around me things that's going to support my new journey in faith in that area. Once I repent and then regroup, now I rebound. Now I'm abounding to every good work. Now I'm abounding. Now I'm on the top. And once I have rebound, now I'm able to reach for things that's up here. I'm reaching for higher things. I'm reaching for my purpose. I'm reaching to make things happen. Let's keep going. What to do when tempted to worry or in a state of worry? Next R, renew your thinking patterns. Renew your thinking patterns and replace those negative thoughts with the right thoughts. You got to change the way you think, man. You got to write down your thoughts and why you think those thoughts and reverse engineer them. And every time that thought comes, I want you to write it down so you can see how many times you think about that. And I want you to cast them down every time uh, until you until you, until it becomes a, a belief system of yours. I will not think about this. And when you write that negative thought down, write the thought you should be thinking. And every time that thought comes, you repeat this sentence. You repeat this sentence out loud until your mind has a new way of thinking. Your thinking patterns will determine your life patterns. What to do when tempted to worry or in a state of worry? Why yield your life to God so that you will know what to build and what field to tend? How to overcome worry? You got to let go of control. Let go of control of things you can't control. You, you, you. Now you can put it in your control, but you'll end up with you will end up with an Ishmael. What happened to them? Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was like, "Yo, Adam, uh, Abraham, 
I know God said gonna give us a kid, but I got, you know, I got this, I got this. Um, now nah, you know good well. I ain't, I ain't gonna say what I think. Sarah didn't really, Sarah really didn't bring nobody that Abraham would like. I bet you Sarah didn't really bring nobody that Abraham was gonna be like, I right, well, since you said, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Sarah hooked him up. I'm I mean like that, but you know what I mean. But <clears throat> what happened was they had an Ishmael trying to get an Isaac, waiting on the Isaac produce the Ishmael. What I'm trying to say is yield your life to over to God because you can you can manifest anything you want. You can actually go out there and, and make it happen, but you ain't up with Ishmael. You know what I'm saying? I only want Isaacs, man. I only want what he has promised me, and I'll wait however long for it. However long. What to do when tempted to worry or to say the word last but not least? Why yield your life to God so that you will know what to build and what field to tend? The more you yield your life to God, now you're too productive to worry. Man, why do you think I, I made so many books, made so many videos? Every time I was in a state of worry, I had to work, I had to work, I had to work, I had to work, I had to work. Get that worry out. It's going to happen over time, but you got to do what you didn't do this time for it to happen eventually. Now, I hope this message was a blessing to you all. I'm going to stop right here. As Sugar Mama, uh, oh, well, the last person here, well, Smiley Faces, every question after her, after that, I'm going to answer. And not everyone, Lord. It's maybe two or three questions. I'm, I've been going a long time. I did a lot of videos this week. Uh, please tell Ms. Ann. I sure will. I will tell her for sure. I think her family's still here. I don't know if they're still here. She might be with the family. That's why she hasn't been in the chat box. Our family was over. Um, so every maybe uh, two questions after this, maybe two or three, I will take time to answer. But I have an activity on my website that make sure I post it here um, so I can post the link for y'all. Uh, this, this is where you can download the worksheet. Lifework.teachable.com. Let me see if I can do it like this. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. Let me see if I can pull it up like this. Go to lifework.teachable.com. See here. Here we go. Lifework.teachable.com. All you got to do is then scroll down to today's lesson. And there you go right there. And the worksheet is right there. And that will kind of help you um, get the worksheet there. And I'll post the link right here in the chat box so that you're able to uh, get that. And also for all other things that I do, you can go to my website. Let me go there real quickly. I am There we go. I'm back. <laughs> I went to the wrong screen. But if you want to go to my website, you can go to it right here. 
Let me share that screen real quick. All right. So here's my website. And pretty much everything's on the tab here. So uh, there's areas for you for, for our mentoring program here. If you want to support there, there's our kids mentoring program. These are all our kids from my school. And uh, we, we well, since we're quarantined, we're not able to do it. Um, this year we'll stop. We only had one session with the kids, but we'll be starting back up in the fall. Of course, you go to our online courses here. Books, order books there. You can get merch. They got my wife right there, my beautiful wife and my beautiful niece there. Uh, if you want to book the coach after the quarantine, you can do so then and also donate. You can donate on the website as well if you want to give the support what I do, all that good stuff. Um, but tabs here, our history, Propel Mentoring Program, books, card games. If you need one-on-one coaching, let me know your budget. You can go there. And uh, I don't know if it's going to um, – there you go. Custom coaching. So you're able to uh, book a coaching session there. Uh, what else we got here, just in case? Uh, podcast. All that good stuff, worksheets. Here we go. These are different worksheets. This is for like, oh, this is the one of the videos that we did that I did previously. Um, you can go get other worksheets there. But um, pretty much all those things are available to you. Thank y'all so much for giving. Oh, uh, if any man serve me, let him follow me and where I am, there shall he also be. There shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will the father honor. Greetings to Miss Ezzy. You're a blessing, Pastor. God gets the glory. Thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank y'all so much for the support over the years, man. Y'all really have helped me do a lot of great things um, and, and greater things that God wants me to do. I know I, I appreciate y'all's constant support in helping me and, and my wife do what we do here. Um, but we back. Can y'all hear me? I'll make sure y'all can hear me. Is, can y'all hear me pretty good? Let me know. I want to see if anybody can comment. I want to make sure y'all I'm still here. Can someone comment? Let me know if y'all still can see my broadcast. Let me get on my phone and see if I can see it. All right, let's see. I'm still waiting. Y'all let me know if the broadcast is still going on. I know I kind of fell off. All right, there we go. Thank you, Tarina. Thank you so much. All right, let's get some questions real quick. Oh, books. Of course, got some books for you to um that you, you can get all that good stuff got an array of books there you see my book here the the red book oh well you can't really see but pretty this book right here world war me winning the war in my book on spiritual warfare you can actually get this book for free on my website um i am unplugged.com forward slash worksheet you can get that free book there i got this book called the purpose of freedom how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds this book is also available on my website as well. Uh, what other book I have? I have the first book that I ever wrote in my life. The book Unplugged. One of the best logos, man, I've ever had done for me. And this Cast and C's logo is one of my favorites too. That a God has blessed me to be able to have done for me. But this book talks about the top things you need to unplug from. Uh, this book right here, The Purpose of Singing, which is probably the best selling book that I've made so far. It's what birthed this course. Uh, this book's also available, uh, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? Um, this book right here, uh, Dating Prep, which also has with it a card game sold separately. <laughs> who knows? How, who who would have thought I would say that as an infomercial? These two items uh, right here. You can get these two, but sold separately. 
But this book right here is Dating Prep and it has all the questions in my card game. And the card game is a game I created called Dating Prep. It has questions for every stage. Uh, you're so welcome. I'm glad the material is a blessing. Uh, it has a question for every stage of relationship, cloud phase, cement phase, corporation phase. A cloud question I have here is what is your birthday? What city did you grow up in? A cement question could be uh, what um, uh, do you have a history of verbal abuse? A corporation question could be, let me find a good one. A good corporation question could be, where do you see us in 10 years? And all of these questions um, have in, in here areas for you to write down your answer and their answer. And if you're single and you're dating yourself, you write your answers down. So right here, you'll say, um, like, if you... Uh, here, single, uh, singles and dating. List below all of the traits you would like in a potential mate. And beside each trait, write whether you match or do not match these traits. The exercise is, is uh, for traits, not just talents. You are not going to always match a person's talent, but you should both match in character traits like faithfulness, kindness, love, etc. So that right there is an activity in the book. And all these, all these questions are opportunities for singles, too to write their answers in and, and, and just see where they are because it's like dating yourself. Um, oh, this book right here is the latest book that I wrote called, as he says, as for the students I serve. Oh man, this that's my wife right there. Oh, not my wife. That, that ain't, this ain't my wife. That's my wife right here. Cartoon of her cartoon of me. Oh boy. Cartoon, cartoon of me right there. <laughs> and, uh, just all the characters that I have is for kids and adults too. But it's, it's proverbial asiums. Um, so it, it ain't gonna have no scriptures. It ain't gonna have God in it because it's for the public school system. But if you know the word, you'll see the word in there. But let's get right into some questions. I got time. Oh, hour and 46. I only got time for two, y'all. I'll probably do a live QA this weekend. Um, with, probably without Brent. I'll do it by myself this time because I know um, I could do more by myself for sure. Let me see. Where was I at? Uh, did I skip anybody? Asked a question. Let me scroll up. Under Safira Burrell, okay, please tell Miss Ezzy, thank you, great. Hey, Coach, I sure will. Hey, Coach, how do I pursue Jesus instead of desire relationship? Great question. Favorite Grace says, hey, Coach, how do I pursue Jesus instead of a desire relationship? Instead of desire relationship, realizing that you can't have one without the other. What I mean is you can't, you really can't have a successful relationship without Jesus. So why not put the horse in front of the cart? And what I mean by that is, is when you begin to realize that it is because of what Christ did and the disbursement of his spirit inside of our vessels that, that makes us able to do a marriage. See, I'm, I've never seen a husband before in regards to my home. I never, I, I didn't grow up with a male figure in my home like that. So only if you ask my wife, my wife would tell you that I'm a good husband. And, and it is not because of what I saw or didn't saw. It's because of the one that's inside of me and allowing him to lead me. It is my, the fruit of my husbandhood is, is the fruit of my relationship in Christ. And so when you begin to realize that there is no life without Christ, that there's no life without Christ's spirit in the midst of it, then you will begin to see the value of pursuing Jesus before relationship. You, you will always go for the biggest over the smallest. When I'm looking at a basket of, of wings, you know what I'm saying? When I'm looking at something that, you know, that I got to make a choice for, I'm going to choose the biggest. That's just, it's going to be more filling. But if your perspective is seeing thing a thing bigger 
than the other thing, but it's really not bigger than the other thing. And what I mean by this, if you keep looking at relationship as bigger than Christ, even though it's not bigger than Christ, then you will begin to value that over Christ and then have the cart before the horse. But if you actually want to get somewhere and have and take your carriage to a marriage, you see what I'm saying? You got to put the horse for the cart. <clears throat> uh, um, and then you will be able to say, okay, the value of Jesus is going to be greater than anything else in this area because him in the midst, his spirit in the midst of every anything reveals the true value of that thing. Now, when you get married, because you have value, your relationship with God, that relationship flows into your marriage, then brings value, then brings a, a, a vibrancy to the marriage. Then you're successful. So how do you pursue Jesus that desire relationship is uh, re, um, getting into God's word to uh, to, to um, recognize who he is and why you need him for anything else to be better. Now, practically, what do you do? You got to get a sheet of paper, my friend, and I want you to write down why you desire a relationship so bad or badly or whatever the proper grammatical term is. Why do I desire this relationship? Right. And then write down your desperate need for Jesus. See, Desperate need will always be greater than desire. So when you know you desperately need Christ, then then you know for a fact. In order for me to desire and to uh, 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 steward this well, I need Jesus. I need Him. Oh, I need Him. You see what I'm saying? Every minute, every hour. You see what I'm saying? I need Him. You see what I'm saying? And when you begin to recognize that, you you will condition your heart and mind to th thrive that. And then develop from that. And then when you do have a relationship, you will, you will keep Christ in the midst of it because you recognize Christ is valuable. But if you haven't allowed Jesus access to your career or you haven't allowed Jesus access um, to certain areas of your life, you won't be able to recognize how he gives life to it. And if you don't, if you don't really see how he gives life to your career and life to your what ideas and your singleness, then you won't be able to see the value of him in giving life to your relationships. Hope they help. Let's see who else. Uh, Sindels Sin, asked a question. Uh, okay, I think this is your question right here. Okay. I just saw a pastor who appears to have fallen. How can someone meet Jesus and leave him and become involved in the world? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Great question, Sindel. You have to understand that when you're dealing with humans, humans have free will. And just like the prodigal son, they have the will to leave. Um, and so what you have to do in the meantime, is do not allow another man or a woman's faith affect your faith in God. You don't judge a faith by, quote unquote, the followers of it. You judge the faith by the one that established it. And what I mean by that is it don't matter what past the fall. It don't affect my faith. But what happens is when you, when you, when your ultimate source, when your only and ultimate source of spiritual nourishment comes from man and not from God and his word, then when these men or women fall, you fall with them. You don't fall with them in the sin that they fell in, but your countenance fall, your trust in God fall. That's why you got to be like the Bereans that said, I don't care who you walked with, player, player, I don't care. They was like, but we walk with Jesus, though. They were like, yo, bro, I don't care who you walk with, bro. We're going to take what you said and compare. Compare it to the word. I don't care what I say. Cut me off if you see that I have fallen off. Cut me off. Don't watch me no more. And don't put your ultimate faith in, in what I give. I That's why I give y'all worksheets so you can go to the Holy Spirit for yourself and grow in him. You see what I'm saying? But when you... I'm not talking about you, but when people get so invested in these preachers and 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 my pastor said it and my first lady said it and my pastor woman this, get caught up in that... Men, men, people are like this. 
God is like this. So, so what, so what happens is, uh, people, people are people, man. Uh, uh, you gotta understand many people can start a good thing. Look at David. David started off well, but look how he ended up. Saul started off well, but look how he ended up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people start well. I'm sure Judas started well, but fell off. People, these people walk with Christ. Peter started well, but denied him three times. People are people. You don't worry about if they're falling. Just make sure that you're founded. Don't worry about who's falling and why they fell. It ain't got to do with Christ. It always have to do about that person uh, uh, entertaining sin, falling into sin, uh, thinking of themselves more highly than they ought to think, and they fell into their own pits because the enemy is still working. The enemy is still after people. And when you know that, people are susceptible to fall, especially the higher they go. So how can someone meet Jesus and leave him and become involved in the world? Because the Bible talks about many will start off with you. But at the time would prove they knew it was never with you. Most of these people became pastors because of the money. A lot of people become who they are because of this. They didn't really get called by God. So there's a lot of variables on why people are are or have fallen. And uh, but repentance will put will, will help them. But some people are unrepentant and continue walking in their world lifestyles. And how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. You'll be sealed by him, <clears throat> adopted uh forever in the family of God. You receive it by asking God, God, I, I need a savior. I've sinned. I see my sins are not fulfilling and I can't win with these sins. Only way I can win this life and really thrive is because it's through you. I need a savior. Then the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you and fill you up based upon your uh, um, allowance. And then you'll begin to see your life grow and thrive because of the Holy Spirit's full access to you. Hope to help. Got to go, y'all. I love y'all so much. You know, I do. I'll probably do another Q&A uh, pretty soon. <clears throat> probably with just me. Probably we'll do BD again probably Monday. Um, but I love. It. I gotta go, y'all. I've been going for about two hours, and I've been I've been working. Coach got to get some rest. Um, but I love y'all. Uh, what else do I have for y'all? Website, books, all that good stuff. I see y'all next time. You know, Coach loves you. Make sure you check out these daily plays, man. Uh, man, did I upload them? Let me upload them real quick. Um, we got some um. New uh videos up on my website or YouTube. I mean, I want to make sure y'all see those for those who's rock, rocking with me live right now. Let me see if I can find them real quick. If I can't find them in time, then we'll uh then we'll go ahead and stop. So give me give me a few seconds. I'm gonna upload some uh, graphics real quick so you can kind of see what's coming up and what I've already done, so that you'll be able to uh. Uh, watch those videos. I want to make sure I show them. Uh, okay. There we go. That one right there. I got one more. I want to make sure I cover these because these are new videos that I'm doing called Daily Plays. And um, it'll really help you all if y'all looking for more uh, resources and tools to help you with your spiritual life um, and all that good stuff. I should upload these earlier. I wouldn't be wasting all time. I only got about four minutes before this thing starts. Get a little shaky. Um, but I love y'all. Let me know what y'all got from this. I read these comments over and over again. So please let me know what y'all get from this because it really um, um, lets me know. It really helps me sharpen my blade and make sure that I give y'all resources and materials that really will, will help y'all as y'all walk with God. I got one more to upload and then I'll be done. Man, two more to upload. Uh, okay, one more. In the meantime... This is the uh, latest video that I uploaded.
uh, seven test singles must pass. Um, that video is available right now. I talked about in that video the top things that um, seven tests um, that uh, singles must pass in order to thrive in a relationship or in their next level of life. So that's on my YouTube channel right now as well. I got one more that I'm going to upload and then I'll be ready to go. All right, here we go. So that video is available right now. Um, this video right here is what I did the day before, how God confirms. I talk about, I think, eight ways that God confirms the right people and pieces in your life. Also, today on my Mr. Ezzy page, I created a video for the kids called Make It Easy. It was a, It's a motivational video for kids. So if you got young people, um, teenagers that um, will be blessed by it um, um, or elementary students from third grade and up, it may even bless uh, you adults as well. But I talk about uh, not being afraid to do what's hard and how to make hard things easier over time. Uh, also, maybe three or four days ago, I did another video called um, Before You Shoot Your Shot. Uh, this is for the fellas. Before you shoot your shot, the young ladies, some things you need to do. You got to perfect your form, fix your form before you shoot your shot. And last but not least, oh, well, I think that's it. And tomorrow, Lord willing, I'll be releasing this video, How to Stop Overthinking. And so, all these videos are my new daily play videos that I have for you all. So be on the lookout for them and uh, go to my channel now and watch those other videos. Subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. I love y'all. Coach Slim Rev, Mr. Ezzy has to go. Joshua GK Ezzy got to go. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all for y'all support. Thank y'all for being with me. Love y'all. Peace.